Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 17 of the Audible Farm podcast. This week I'm sitting down with Kobe Murray. He is the bassist in the Astro Bastards. They are a punk-ish style band from the Des Moines area. And uh, I've got the opportunity to play with them a handful of times. If you listen to some of the older podcasts, I've mentioned them uh, a couple of times because, you know, they're always fun to watch. You know, it reminds me a little bit of myself being being younger and just just having a blast out there playing music. And it's infectious. It's a uh, it's really fun energy. And uh, we get to play a show together in my hometown of Humboldt, Iowa. We're going to be up there on February 2nd. We're going to talk about that a little bit in the podcast, and I will also talk a little bit more about that in the outro to the podcast. However, right now it's time for uh, the interview I did with Kobe Murray, and uh, let's get after it. Episode 17, Kobe Murray. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. What is up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? No, I'm doing real good. Um, good. Now today with Kobe Murray, if I already got that in the intro, but you play bass in the Astro Bastards, that's correct? I do. I play bass and I shout a bit. Shout a bit. So you do some of the singing there too, or are you the primary singer? Um, We kind of bounce back and forth, me and Joe, uh, but uh, it's pretty even. Back and forth just depends on what fits the song. If we're doing it really sloppy, really angry, normally I'll just shout over it, but if we want something a little bit more uh, smooth, a little bit more polished, then he's the guy to go to. Uh, He's the guitarist in the band? Yeah, yeah, he plays guitar as well. Yeah, so let's uh, give a shout out to all the band members here right off yeah. the bat. Who you got in the band? We got Joe Britman, and he plays guitar, and he sings. He's only in the Astro Bastards, but he's a phenomenal guy. And we got Carson Reed on drums, and he's in Morbo. Yeah, baby. He's playing guitar for Morbo now, I think. He used to be on drums, but I think he's switching over to guitar. What? That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, he plays everything. He's, he's awesome. And then he's in a band called jefferson street they're playing with us later in the year uh they do like blues rock and stuff so that's gonna that's be a awesome. cool show dude yeah. i i want to check that one out that would be pretty cool i yeah. mean like blues rock's kind of right up my alley so exactly like, yeah i dig on that stuff so how did uh how did you start like playing bass or is that like your primary instrument i see you got a couple guitars laying around here yeah i'll play just about anything i can get my hands on but uh bass has been my primary i had a buddy that i played guitar with in middle school that's about when i started and he he was really good at guitar but he wanted me to get on bass that way i could back him on some stuff yeah and, and just lay down some groove so i started in middle school and i've been playing ever since that's been kind of my primary focus was bass but that's sweet. I yeah. feel like a lot of people start out uh, playing an instrument. They like them and a buddy, and like the one guy chooses one instrument, and the other one chooses the other one. And exactly. I feel like that always seems to be the way it goes down. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That was kind of how it went with us. Like I chose guitar, and like Clint, I grew up with Clint actually, yeah. and he played drums already. So I mean, like everybody just kind of had their little bit of a niche. Like we had a guy played bass in the jazz band and he was like i'll play bass with you so oh, yeah. it was like you know everybody just chose something and went with it i'm glad to see that like uh i don't know you, the fact that you still do play other instruments though like you ever tried playing drums i have tried a bit to play drums i can lay down a basic groove but uh i can't do too much fancy stuff on drums i feel like that's like that's something that comes up in a lot of these podcasts is like how tough it is to actually play the drums because yeah. i'm kind of like you yeah you can normally pick up anything with strings once you get it down and make it sound sound good but uh drums are a whole new animal yeah and i always thought that was weird like the first time i picked up a ukulele i was like this really isn't like it's different but it's not that much different you no, know a lot of the same principles same concepts yeah and i mean like i even picked up a mandolin and started playing a mandolin and i was like this isn't terribly different either it's kind of no. just like upside down a little bit but. exactly yeah. and so i thought that was pretty cool like that's one of the cool things about stringed instruments i feel i've never tried to play anything with a bow like a, like a violin i've tried a violin and it it is definitely weird the yeah. fingering's mostly the same but just the bow it makes the whole new like rhythmic yeah puzzle it's weird yeah i've never tried that i had a a couple cousins of mine played uh violin growing up and they were in some like string quartets and whatever and they were always really good at it and i was you know it's just one of those things i never yeah. it wasn't my my bag so i never tried it but i don't know so that was that was like my only experience with violins other than like picking one up at a music shop and being like, let's see how this thing works. And then 
it's, immediately putting it down. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. I got this. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, I've never tried to, like, bow a guitar or anything. Like, I don't know. It's Maybe it's too Led Zeppelin y. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how that'd sound. Yeah, that's, that's totally not my thing. How did you guys start, like, in the Astro Bastards, like, when you guys all got together? How'd that shake down? So the original Astro Bastards lineup was pretty much none of the members now, with the exception of me. Okay. It was me and my buddy Luis. Uh, back in the day, we just wanted to crank out some, like, really noisy punk stuff, and it just... It was really avant-garde almost, not really melodic at all, just kind of loud, crunchy, repetitive garbage. Yeah. Uh, and we had a different drummer at the time, uh, but none of that lasted too long. There was just a lot of timing differences, and we couldn't really work out the practice schedules, stuff like that. And then yeah. obviously the, just the personality differences that come with being in a band. So. Oh, yeah. So eventually we, uh, we cut the other drummer, uh, got Carson in, and the way that we met Carson was actually pretty weird we were looking for a new drummer forever and ever and ever we couldn't find any there's nobody playing locally at the time yeah uh so we just camped out in the drum section of a guitar center until (laughs) we found a guy that would uh play for us that's awesome and uh just everything worked out and now he's one of our best buds and it's been good ever since uh but then we found my old buddy Joe. I hadn't hung out with him in a while, and he was classically trained since he was really little on guitar, so he's got a really good background in guitar. That's sweet. And we just kind of introduced him to the whole punk thing and got him going on that, and ever since he's been with us, he's just been phenomenal and a great addition to the group, and eventually things just didn't work out with Luis and uh, had to had to kind of just go our separate ways. Don't want to say anything negative. Don't want to start any drama, of course. No, that's but cool. That's cool. Yeah just kind of the way things work out in the beginning we were actually playing that noise punk stuff and we were booked with a lot of hair bands we played with lionheart a few times oh nice and yeah and, uh midnight devil so it's kind of a weird combo but it was it was a cool way to get into it yeah i feel like uh lionheart's willing to give most bands an opportunity to play since i mean they've been around for like 15 plus years or something yeah and they always draw a pretty good crowd too yeah so they're always willing to give somebody the opportunity to like open up for them and stuff because we played a show with them uh i believe we played a show with them last year maybe it was earlier uh but yeah we have played a show with them i believe it was uh it was Unity or Three Finger Betty. Forgive me, I forget. But uh, yeah, Lionheart's hell of a band, man. I love playing with those guys. Yeah, great guys. Really nice. So uh, you got this lineup set up, and how long have you guys had this three-piece that you got right now? This three-piece we've been playing with since, uh, I believe, like Christmas of last year. So I think it's just about one year fully as this lineup. But we've been active uh, playing shows just about since late 2015. Nice, yeah. I I feel like I've seen you play before with a different lineup, but I was not 100% sure. You probably have. I it think was, we played was, with Betty a long time ago yeah, it was with like Fremont. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. It was about two years ago or something. Yeah, and we had some different guys, but... Yeah, and I and I didn't want to say anything because I, you know, it's one of those tough deals where you know that like sometimes bands swap out members, but I don't want to be the guy that like goes up and it's like, hey, I don't remember you, and it's like, well, I've been in the band fifteen years, man. And it's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, you know, and I, that's, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast, kind of like talk to people and get to know them and kind of like figure out what's going on in their little music scene because my my music scene is a pretty small anthill you know and yeah i gotta try and stretch my wings out a little bit and get to know some people and this is, is actually pretty cool to do that and exactly uh, yeah man thanks for sitting down with me like you and i actually no have problem. Played, played a handful of shows how many times do you think we've played together like four or five three six, or four four or five yeah something like that a lot of times it's with the uh sexually aggressive silverbacks yeah, those guys are hilarious love them you guys uh split an ep recently with the silverbacks right yeah yeah we did a six song ep they did the first three songs and we did the last three and awesome uh, we called it sexy bastards because because <laughs> it's them and us so uh yeah we just threw together some songs and uh put it out just this past month and it's uh it's a pretty fun album it's it's very goofy very light-hearted but hard-hitting rock and roll yeah on the front uh there's a picture of jesus like drop kicking uh the silverback yeah, 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 Jesus drop kicking a silverback gorilla. Yeah, Matt Graves did the art for the album cover. Oh, Shout nice. out to Matt Graves. He's awesome. He's yeah, done sweet all of our logos, all of our artwork. He's phenomenal. That's cool. Yeah, 
But uh, no, we have Dropkick by Jesus on there. That's kind of a fan favorite when we play at shows. So uh, yeah, man. we thought Jesus Dropkick in a silverback would be pretty funny. Yeah, man. I uh, I totally dig that song. It was one of those songs that's just, it's catchy enough. And, you, and I mean, like I said, I've only seen you a handful of times and you guys do a lot of shows. So uh, some of your regular fans were like super into it just running around just having a great time at the last show we played with you and it was one of those things yeah. like oh yeah this is this is their you know go-to song that's why it's near the end of the set and oh yeah everybody's going nuts even people that like had never seen you before because i want to say like you went out there and jumped in the crowd and, with your bass and we're like moshing with people and you're like i don't even know this guy and <laughs> yeah no i drop kicked a dude i'd never even met at that yeah. show that's so awesome took it like a champ yeah i'm yeah, it's so funny because that dude, like, I wouldn't have drop kicked him. <laughs> I was, I was kind of scared what would happen once we got up, but he, he high fived me and we kept going. Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, that show was tons of fun. Like, uh, I mean, it's not that you guys don't blow me away, but I, I was just standing there like mouth agape. Everyone was going nuts for you guys. Uh, you guys had spacesuits on. You came up yeah. in a makeshift spaceship. Let's, uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, uh, that was kind of last minute. We had this whole elaborate plan that we were going to be the Astro Bastards live in concert and going to get these spacesuits. Lefties is a great lighting system, so we thought it would like be really cool reflectively, and it looked awesome. It was amazing. Uh, we had the green face paint to look like Martians, yep. and we were going to like spray paint this whole cardboard box and actually make it look like a spaceship, but we just ran out of time, so we sprawled spaceship on the side of it with the Sharpie and went crazy i feel like that made it even better like had you went up there with an actual like really well done spaceship it would have been cool but like the fact that you guys just went up there in a cardboard box it's like, more like i don't give a fuck this that, is this is what we're doing dude, so, <laughs> so punk rock it was awesome like uh that kind of stuff just reminds me of being a kid just want to do like the, the crazy stuff and uh i don't know i feel like the music scene could use a little bit more of that it's, oh yeah it's like theatrics but like good-hearted and you're kind of just like poking fun at yourself and not really because it's like serious and it's it's like everything combined into one and it's just yeah it's just a good time man a little goofy but still keeping the the punk rock soul in there yeah i mean you guys are like if if every band had a persona you guys would be the band in the corner of the party with like a lampshade on your head yeah just, just kind of thinking around <laughs> for sure yeah. yeah and dude i love it you guys are always having fun um i've seen you guys always seem to do something fun at every show almost it's it's always do you yeah. guys choose it that way or is it just kind of what happens or? uh so a while back we really didn't do anything too goofy we just get up and do the show and then go home but uh i guess one day i was just like i'm gonna wear this giraffe suit and it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was this uh giraffe costume that i wore when i was like a kid and it was just like this vest that went down to your ankles well, as an adult, it fit perfectly as like a crop top. Oh, man. So it had the hoodie with the giraffe head on top, and I wore it at a show, and it was just hilarious, and we just kept doing goofy shit ever since. I mean, uh, last year we did the Valentine's Day Massacre, and we dressed in drag. That was a really yeah, fun yep, show. Yep. All in some dresses, and it was real goofy. Uh, and then... We've got some plans for the future. Uh, oh, definitely, we we're gonna come out to that Humboldt show, and we got we got a good plan for that one. Yeah, it's gonna be a great time. I'm I'm super stoked. You guys never never cease to excite everybody. It's just <laughs> it's just so crazy to like I don't know. I wish I wish when I was your age, I had the gumption to play guitar as much as all you guys do, Thank and you. like enjoy it as much. I mean. Maybe it's just you guys have the opportunity in the area to do it, but you guys also definitely have the talent to do it. So that's, thank you, thank you, know, you. Props to you guys. That uh, that Humboldt show. That's uh, February second. Yes, sir. In Humboldt at the Prowler, and that will be. Uh, we're coming back. We did New Year's Eve there. Three Finger Betty and Three Finger Betty's coming back, and we're bringing the Astro Bastards with us because they're they're fun so can't wait yeah get ready humboldt it's gonna be a, a great show you guys gonna bring any of your friends up with you oh we're gonna bring the caravan we're we're bringing a war party oh man i, I saw that rumored online <laughs> and i was like oh is this for real or is this uh i don't know so this is gonna be great like i can't wait i hope everybody shows up to this show make sure you uh, get to humboldt and check that one out and everybody from the area because i know there were people that wanted to go to the new year's eve show and they either couldn't because they had other plans or they just stayed at home and fell asleep or whatever it happened <laughs> to be. But uh, I don't know. 
that's this is your chance, uh, February second, because I don't know, we don't do too many bookings up in Humboldt, and recently we've done a handful, so it's pretty awesome. But we've never been there, so this is your only shot. Yeah, it's your only shot to see <laughs> the Astro Bastards. Uh, what what other places have you played? Because usually you do a lot of shows around the Des Moines area, right? Yeah, yeah, we do a lot in Des Moines. We play a lot at Lefties. We've done Vaudeville uh, once or twice. Vaudeville's a great venue. I love that place. Yeah, man. Uh, we've done the Rock Shop countless times. Underground Rock Shop is one of my favorite places to play. It's where oh, yeah. we started playing. It's just really good underground. The, the the bands that are just up and coming and you don't always get to see all the time. So Underground Rock Shop, shout out to Steve Ratcliffe. He's awesome. Yeah, man. Creating a great space for uh, people to make music. Yeah, it always seems like he's he doesn't do almost any shows there. I mean, they're pretty few and far between, but when he does, there's almost always one band on there that's a traveling band that's mind-blowingly good you know oh, yeah like yeah. i do my best to go in with a clean slate and not like listen to many recordings of bands because i feel like if i listen to it before i go to the show i draw like a pre-conclusion to see oh them. yeah so i always try and go in with a clean slate and just check people out and it's so crazy you go in there and you just see you know, like a punk bands they got like hippie style bands that come in there and I mean, oh, yeah, it's just yeah. anything across the map and it's it's awesome because i mean like betty's played a couple shows there and they're always fun mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. have you played he used to have one back room and now i think he's moved to the other side yeah so he played a show he, we, we played a bunch of our shows on uh on the old in the old room and that was a lot bigger and then recently he opened that up to do a big record room and yep. now he's got a little bit smaller room off to the side but they're just decking it out with art all over the place matt graves has done a big backdrop mural and that's absolutely oh, nice. phenomenal uh but yeah we've booked one show there and we've got another one coming up uh in a bit but that we'll talk about that a little bit later i guess yeah that's cool yeah. man uh i mean that's that side room there i he always seemed to have a pretty good setup for um, like a PA system and stuff in there for just being like a small hole in the wall back parking lot entrance. Yeah, kind he's of still an area. got the he's still got the sound to to keep up. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because it's not just uh, some random place with a couple hundred dollar PA that no. you're gonna blow out. You know, it's actually a a decent. It's, it's weird because it's a small setup, but it's it works so well for what's going on there. It and, does. It does. And I always feel like the sound there is pretty awesome. Um, I mean, we played shows at the Fremont before, and I think that was the first time I ever saw you. Oh, yeah, we played at the Fremont, yeah. And uh, the Lefty show we saw you at was, was bar none, probably my, one of my favorite shows I've seen recently as far as... Oh, thank you. You know, unsigned bands and whatever. Excuse me. But uh, that show in Humboldt's going to be a great one. Uh, we were talking about that. Make sure you check that out. You You do have music online if somebody wants to check you guys out before the show i mean uh we were talking about how i i don't do that but if somebody wants to check you guys out you do have some uh that ep is online is it not yeah sexy bastards at least our half is all over the place um you could check that out it's on spotify i believe it's on pandora apple music uh they upload it to facebook through the distributor that we used they've got it on youtube so yeah just look up astro bastards sexy bastards we've got three songs there um go check it out before the show if you want yeah man uh i mean it's it's a heck of a good time i didn't even know it was online until you said something at the last show and i uh i spun it a few times while i was on the road uh on my vacation over the last couple weeks and that was cool it was pretty awesome you know it's always fun to listen to a local band like you're cruising through like new mexico and you're like yeah i'm listening to the astro bastards in like nowhere new mexico yeah awesome you know you get some of that kind of stuff going on i love that um what do you think about like putting your music online? I mean, obviously, it's like almost a necessity to do, but I mean, you're probably not gonna get rich from it. Uh, but, no. But how do you feel about all that? I actually just lo- uh, logged into DistroKid the other day for the first time, and since I've put it on, and uh, we've made sixty three cents so far. So Ooh. we are rolling in it. You got Betty beat by that, so <laughs> no. And, um, I don't know. The Astro Bastards have actually gone such a long time. We've gone three years almost, and we haven't put hardly anything, maybe a cell phone recording here or there online. Yeah. Uh, but it's always been about just going out to shows and having fun. I mean, if you want to get big, if you want to blow up, obviously you got to have an online presence. So yeah. that's definitely important. I think I like to put it out there more uh, just so that way I know that people that want to hear it get the chance to hear it. Yeah, man, I like the way that sounds. Because, I mean, me and John had kind of talked about that, how, like, 
if Betty records a new album, what do you want to do with it? And like, what do you want to do with the old album? And how much stuff do you want to put online for free? And like all that other stuff. And they had like a demo that they had recorded before I joined the band. And recently we put most of the demo on on a handful yeah. of dis- distribution sites. And I mean, it's on Spotify and whatever. Most of the stuff that yours is on. But we ended up putting it on a handful of sites. And we figured like, what about the other songs? Well, we'll just put them on a CD and we'll sell it for cheap at a show. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. we sell it for like three bucks yeah. and you get like 13 songs on it. So there's only like seven online. You get six bonus songs with the CD. So it's, it's way cheaper than buying it online, but we also give people like it's on places. If you really want to buy it, you oh, can yeah. buy it, you yeah. know, it's 99 cents a song if you want to do it. But I mean, it's also there for free if people don't want to buy it. Cause it's, I think it just comes out to convenience anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's more about being able to make yourself accessible to people. Yeah, because yeah. I, I feel like that's one of the biggest downfalls for bands is, like, they don't have literally any presence online. There's no YouTube page. There's no videos of them anywhere, even if it is just a cell phone video. You yeah. Know, I, I feel like that was one of the reasons I started this, I guess, was to try to videotape bands and put them online. And, uh, I mean, I've tried recording in the Fremont. It's just a little too dark usually, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it makes for great pictures when somebody's got some lights in there, oh, but... Yeah. But it's a little tough to video record in there. And uh, other than that, I mean, I've got some recordings, but we haven't played too many well-lit shows with you, I guess, would be my excuse. No. <laughs> that Lefty show would have been baller, but the problem with Lefties is I have to walk around with a, the camera, and it's not a steady shot, uh, so yeah. it ends up being a little... Um, I don't know. I just don't like the way it looks as much. And I can set it on stuff, but the sound system's so good in there that it's just going to vibrate it off a table oh, or something. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Lefties is a great place to play. They... uh. Who was running sound that night? Do you know? Oh, what's his name? I've, I've, uh, I'm the worst in the world at remembering sound guys' names, and they're probably the people we need to thank the most when oh, we yeah. play. He's ran sound for us a couple times, and he's always great. Dude, he was killing it. Like, even with the lights and stuff, he's running lights and... Sinks it up perfect. Dude, it was amazing. It yeah. Was, and I think that happened, like, almost every time we end up at Lefties, no matter who's running sound. It, like, it almost always sounds good to the crowd. Everyone else just, you sounded so great. And it's, even if the stage volume and stuff isn't perfect the outside volume is and that's like really what matters oh you yeah know? so yeah. it's always pretty awesome you know you just a lot of times you just show up places and you put it in the sound guy's hands and they they're the ones responsible for making us sound good you oh, know because yeah. they're the ones sitting there doing all the mixing and all the all the work like sometimes they'll even do work on the fly you know like let's say somebody's running like a two channel setup and this is where they play their solos and it's it's not loud enough they'll even sit there you know and and boost your volume a little bit yeah. so it's keep an eye on you yeah i mean shout out to all the sound guys out there i mean that's uh one of those thankless jobs for sure but uh you guys are doing doing god's work out there oh yeah live end for sure uh let's talk about some shows you got coming up actually what what we i mean we got that humboldt show and that's february 2nd but you said you had some other shows coming up right yeah we're playing the uh valentine's day massacre again that happened at lefties last year it was an absolutely phenomenal show there were actually a couple shows at vaudeville as well uh silverbacks played that one nice Uh, and yeah that's always a great show uh helix rex promotions puts that on great guys there that's cool it's going to be absolutely enormous if anybody's been at the barnum factory in the past year they've been doing tons of art shows we've played at a handful of them yeah. Uh, the uh, Rebel Art Alliance has been putting those on, and they're kind of teaming up this year, and they're going to have a big old art show. They're going to have a three-day concert series. They're oh, going to have a uh, drag show. They're going to have, like, <laughs> fetish shows. It's going to be that's... an absolute party. It's oh, going to be amazing. Oh, man, that's super cool. Yeah, we've got bands like... Th- uh, we'll, we'll be playing with the Silverbacks again. We've got bands like Brainless. I uh, I played with Brainless on their first show ever, and... They absolutely knocked it out of the park. Tons of great bands. Callus, Slide. Oh, cool. A lot of, lot of great guys playing that one. Yeah, man. I uh, I haven't heard the name Callus in a while. Yeah, I think they're... I, I'm pretty sure they're on that show. I think it's Saturday. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's sweet. I uh, God, I might want to check that one out, too, because I haven't seen them in you know five years, three, four, five years, something like that. It's been a while since yeah, I've seen no. them. That's another thing. Like, There's a lot of bands that have been around Des Moines for a long time that I just either have forgotten about or haven't heard about until later and it's and you're just thinking like man i've seen these guys come up in show flyers and facebook event pages for the last i don't know how many years you know there's so many bands around here oh yeah um like some what are some of the bands that i guess that you've played with like more often than not because i feel like some bands end up sticking together with other ones 
Yeah, silverbacks we play with all the time. They're great guys. They're kind of goofy punks just like us, and they, they yeah. have kind of a similar sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And then we've got the uh, Ghostbusters that we used to play with a lot. Now those guys are Morbo, and yeah. uh, those guys are amazing. Uh, Robert Sanda, Morbo himself, uh, recorded our EP in his basement. So oh, cool. we did it on a little four track, and it came out awesome. He did all the mixing on that. So oh, sweet, shout man. out to Morbo. Yeah, those man. guys are amazing. Yeah, that was a fun show. Yeah, yeah, no, those guys are awesome. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> so, man, that was, was wild. Quite a party there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we also played with Slide in the past before. Slide is absolutely amazing. Haven't seen those guys in forever, but yeah, if you get dude. a chance to check them out, they'll be playing The Massacre. So That's cool. I, I want to say uh, Betty's played a couple shows with them here and there, and they're they're awesome, man. Oh, they rip. They're, they're great. Um. Like, what other shows? Is that all the shows you got coming up, or do you got some other ones? We've also got one uh, coming from New Revolt Promotions. Uh, that's actually my promotion uh, group that I put together a while nice, back. Nice. We we do about four shows a year, and we're not we're not super big right now. Not a big concern of mine. Yeah. But uh, the whole point of that promotions group that I put together was just to kind of give younger bands a gateway in. I mean, yeah, man. when the Astro Bastards started playing, it was like us and a bunch of older dudes. And yeah. I'm not ripping on the old guys. They're absolutely amazing. A lot of them have some great bands, but uh, just wanted to bring some new young blood into the music scene. So so we, we promote shows solely with younger kids, newer bands. Uh, we had a show a while back uh, in August or, or so. We held it at the Rock Shop and that had Brainless and uh, another band called Cab Drivers and Cab Drivers, absolutely amazing new band. That's awesome, man. Um, but this one will have the Astro Bastards playing on it. We normally like to have at least one band that's been locally established. We've had Freak 24 play on it before. That cool. way we can draw a little bit of a crowd to the yep, newer yep. bands. Um, we've also got Jefferson Street, that blues band I was talking about. Yep. They'll be playing on it. That's cool. Brainless is playing. They're brand new. They've only done a handful of shows. They're a really hardcore type uh, punk band there. So that'll be cool. That'll and then be there's pretty sweet. There's a newer band from Ottumwa called Uncle, and they're kind of like a silly, goofy, old-school-sounding punk band. So oh, cool. I'm really excited for them. Dude, yeah, I'd be super stoked to see what that was like. That'd, I mean, that'd be a... That'd be a hell of a time. Yeah, so it's a pretty pretty mixed genre show at the Rock Shop, and that's February 24th. Nice. Oh, that's going to be a hell of a time. You guys uh, share all the stuff on your Astro Bastards Facebook page. I do share it uh, on the Astro Bastards page as well as New Revolt Promotions on Facebook. You can oh, find cool. it there, too. Yeah, uh, you'll have to shoot me the link to that so I can share it in the description section. Definitely. We'll um, do. I was going to ask you, actually, so you guys are... Um, I guess not 21 ish. We are not 21 yet. What kind of a cramp does that put on playing shows? Normally we can work our way around it, whether that's just not telling people that we're not 21 and just having them assume we're older (laughs) until we get kicked out later. Uh, or, I mean, there are some places that just won't let us play and we got to deal with that. And we, uh, we kind of just work around it, but yeah, do you guys end up playing a lot of early shows because of that, or we do, we do. We've played quite a few uh, that that don't go past nine, but um, we've gotten into a couple that do. Yeah, and I always thought that was kind of a weird thing. Where uh, I mean, I get the gist of it, where you don't want to have underage people in a bar, but also like I want to say there's some sort of a loophole for like a performer or something, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure on that because there's like I think mm. I think it's a Des Moines thing, is mm-hmm. it not? Because, I, I mean, we're playing a show together up in Humboldt, and, I mean, you're going to be playing on that show. It's a 9 o'clock show. There's no there's I, n- nothing against any of that up in Humboldt. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I think it might just be a Des Moines thing. Uh, I don't know. We've played the Fremont a handful of times on some later shows, but uh, I don't think they quite knew that we weren't 21 at that point. Yeah, and I also think some of it is, like, you guys aren't just going in there and like inciting a riot and trying to drink beer and going nuts or anything like, you know, no, no. you guys are going in there with like a slight business mindset to go in there and do what you're supposed to do. I mean, I've never I've never seen any bands that are under 21 try to go out and do that kind of stuff because it's just totally going to ruin the reputation that everybody has. You know, I, I mean, when I play a show and when when the guys play a show with me, we just want everybody to have the best time possible. So, I mean, if that. Yeah. If that means not getting flat out drunk when you're not supposed to get flat out drunk, then you don't do it. Yeah, bingo, it's, man. It's like, I, I mean, I'm not gonna ruin it for anybody else who's under 21 in the scene. I don't, I don't want to, I want to take that opportunity away. Exactly, and I feel like that's one of the great things you're doing with your uh, 
promotion that you're starting is actually trying to give some of these younger guys a shot because I feel like there's not a big enough voice for them because a lot of places won't book bands. Exactly, uh, under 21. Yeah, unless it's an early show. And the bad part about the early show for some places is like if you got an early show at 5 and people are getting off work at 5 and then they got to go home and yeah, shower. No and, one's showing up. And, yeah, and they're not going to show up till 7 and... You know, the first couple couple bands end up getting a little bit snubbed on that end of the deal, and that's the that's the tough part about that one, you know. And you know, sometimes you run into like, oh, we're playing the we're headlining an early show, but there ends up being a time crunch, and you only get like thirty minutes to play tops, yeah. you know, or something. So that that does actually, you know, that can happen. It's not like it happens all the time. Yeah, but, but uh, I always felt like that was something that I I figured would be very difficult for somebody that uh, I mean. It just, I don't know why age is such a big deal, and it shouldn't be, and... As a performer, you're performing. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, I mean, it's like you said, there's nothing against, like, you playing with old guys, quote-unquote, because that's, like, me, you know, but... Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's also, like, uh, you end up with this weird, like, genre not meshing, too, if you play with people that are too old, you know, like, uh, you go 20 years past your age group and everybody plays metal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you end up with something like that. And it's just a different audience, too. I mean, you play with three guys that are, three bands that are 20 years older than you, the audience is 20 years older than exactly. you. Exactly. And then, I don't know, it might end up with this thing where the, you know, just get everybody in the crowd like, you damn kids, Exactly, man. yeah. You know? Oh, man. But I dig it, though. Like, I mean, I'm only like 10 years older than you guys, and I, I totally dig what you're doing, and maybe that's just because it, brings me back to being younger and kind of being a little rowdy myself but yeah. uh, i i miss i miss doing that that's probably like the one reason i i dig you guys so much and you just remind me of like thank um, you i don't know just being a kid and trying to play in a band and 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 just getting all your buddies together and all your friends come out to see you and everybody kind of supports each other and right yeah you know um it's not like playing music for 10 years hasn't worn on you yet but that's maybe that's a little bit of that too oh i sure hope i'm playing in 20 years from now because yeah, i feel like some people and it's i'm not calling anybody out but i feel like some people they just get so weathered by playing music all the time and seeing just the same people and just kind of start to phone it in yeah and i don't i don't know uh i'm not I don't, like i'm not i don't have anybody specific in mind but that was maybe one of the biggest fears of mine was just like you go out to shows and I mean, maybe you can attest to this. You see that same, you know, ranging from 10 to 30, 40 people at, at every show, oh, oh, almost, yeah. it seems like. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you get some new people out there. Like like at your guys' show, you brought so many people to that show. We had so many new faces see through Finger Betty. It was crazy. Hey, yeah. And that, you know, it's just one of those deals where I figured it was just extra tough to kind of get that. So sometimes I feel like having some of the older people see you might actually... I mean, might actually benefit you because it's a whole new set of eyes that would never come to your show. That's anyways. true. That is so, true. I mean, I always like to talk about how uh, everybody gets that clean slate. So you go in there and it's like, well, your kids or your kid, you're younger and nobody's heard of you because they're all in an older group yeah. of people and they're with a different clique or whatever you want to call it. They just hang out in a different area of Des Moines. And then you show up and you just tear the bar apart. Or yeah, whatever, as you know? long as you blow it away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's... That's one reason I, I kind of like playing those shows, especially the ones where like it feels like your genre might not match with everyone else's because it gives you that weirdly clean slate where everyone's like, yeah. oh, oh, man, you know, and especially like uh, I always like to harken back to like Van Halen. They always had like, you know, Cool in the Gang or something opening yeah. up for them. And it's yeah. like that doesn't match. But like the opening band is now like the party band. Everyone's exactly, drinking yeah. and having a good time while this band is playing. And then all of a sudden the headliner, the band that all the older people in the bar came to see is there, and then they're all tuned up and ready because you guys got them all excited, you know? Exactly, yeah. And I freaking dig it, though. Like, there is a little bit of toughness that comes to, like, booking a show because I just started doing it, and my last podcast I did with uh, was with Dominic Derringer, and we were talking about, uh, you know, booking shows and having it some kind of sometimes kind of be difficult you've you've booked a few shows oh yeah yeah so like how do you view is it like difficult to try and find places to play or people to play with or normally i don't know i i i've got some pretty good connections with people that i know in the scene and i'm able to actually book the shows pretty well i think the issue with me comes with uh follow through i think a lot of places um can sometimes be a little inconsistent but i think that just falls on the promoter as well to have that constant communication with them yeah Mm -hmm. um i 
I noticed when I was trying to book some shows last year that I a lot of places will take bookings in windows. So it's like we're, yeah. we're booking everything next month, this month, or, or two months or three months down the road this mm-hmm. month, you know, or whatever. And so you'd always be like, hey, you guys got any bookings? And it's like, well, we've got this one date open in the next quarter. And it's like, can't make that date. And then they're like, well, hit us up in three months. And by then I forget about it. And, and then you're, and then, yeah. you know, it comes down to one of those things like, well, we tried to play here one time, but it didn't work. And then I forgot to hit them up. And it's not like anybody hates each other, but no, I'm, sure, I'm no. sure it's that weird like communication breakdown that's just everyone's just kind of like, uh, did they really want to play here? Or, yeah, you know, yeah. So that was always the issue I feel like I ran into maybe. Mm-hmm. I played a show uh, with New Revolt. Uh, it was a brand new band. Uh, it was Forget About Me's first show. They, or one of their first shows as a full band um they play a little bit more frequently now around the around the area uh freak 24 was playing in this awesome solo act barton janky uh, he's in jefferson street uh again those guys are awesome they're coming out to play with us in february but we played this show uh, i'm not gonna name the venue because i don't want to i don't want to throw any hate on anybody yeah. but oh, we, totally. were, we were playing somewhere and it was a restaurant by day venue by night and they told us they'd have it cleared out by a certain time and it went about an hour over there were still people eating in there we couldn't yeah. move any of the tables around we couldn't set up any of the sound equipment so uh we're about an hour away from hometown everybody who came out to the show has driven quite a ways and uh we're about an hour behind schedule it was yeah. it was a rough time but yeah, and I also that'd be like a tough business model to run though too, because like you're kind of at the whim of whoever wants to come in and eat, you know. Too. Oh yeah. I always thought that having a restaurant would be like the hardest business probably to run. Yeah, I don't think that they run any shows anymore. Oh man, that, that's difficult. Like, um, you've been playing around Des Moines probably longer than I have. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure you've seen your fair share of uh, small places like come and go or start using utilizing live music and then it kind of goes away or whatever yeah yeah and um i mean i'm not gonna ask you to like name any places but like is does that seem to be a thing that happens too is like you got to try and always be on the lookout for the new places to play music yeah definitely i mean i've seen a lot of people play like gas station shows online and stuff and it looks absolutely amazing yeah and i've seen even people do like hotel lobby punk shows and i don't even know how they pull it off but i'm like that's amazing so i mean yeah i'm always looking around and keeping an ear out for anybody that knows about any connections to anything like that i'd be more than willing to play in a come and go i think that'd be a party that'd be amazing man (laughs) i uh i remember reading an article about a band playing at a waffle house a few years back and that was like they were on the road and they're you know they like broke down and couldn't make it to their show so they were like near a waffle house and they just like walked just go let's do it and so it was like one of those deals where they were like always tweeting Waffle House and like after every show they take a picture in a Waffle House and send it to them and like, that's awesome. And then they you know tweet Waffle House like hey we broke down but we're still gonna go to Waffle House and the place was like well bring your gear play here you know so they played like cool. right in the entryway. Have you ever uh, played any kind of crazy shows like that or? Uh, I haven't played anything quite that crazy. No. No, I haven't. But we've done a lot of like, uh, well, I go out and busk sometimes just for fun. The Astro Bastards, we have like all the acoustic gear and stuff. We'll just set up somewhere and do like a full set on a sidewalk until we get kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty awesome. Uh, It's like door to door rocking. Exactly. Yeah. should have done like a Astro Bastards Christmas caroling or something and put it on YouTube or something. You have a second to talk about our Lord and Savior. You just knock on the door and they're like, oh, we got carolers. And then you start playing Dropkick by Jesus. Oh, yeah. Slam the door in your face and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd give it a shot. I'd tell you what. That'd be freaking hilarious. That I would. Oh, man. I would, you know, you guys are, if anybody does anything kind of funny like that, it'd be you guys because, like, we were talking about For you, sure. You always just have. I mean, it's not nonsense, but y'all just do this like funny stuff at shows. No, and I like mean, I said, it's not like it's a every single show, but it's almost every show I've seen you at. It seems like you always do something kind of nuts, you know? Yeah, yeah. The idea is, I mean, we're 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 playing some old school sound and punk, maybe with a little more modern edge, but it's just uh, we're we're taking on some modern issues in some of our songs, but we're just trying to keep uh, keep it lighthearted and the way I've, I've always deared with dealed with a lot of my problems is through humor so i mean that translates through to the music really well yeah that's probably like the biggest parallel between three finger betty and you guys is the fact that like we will both discuss um i guess hard-hitting topics or whatever yeah but like we uh the modern <laughs> themes yeah still try to keep it lighthearted. still try to like joke about it and and let everybody have a little bit of fun with it and uh i guess like 
our our thing is like I try to be like as high energy as possible and let people have fun. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, gotta have a good time with it. But I mean, can't forget we live in a crazy world. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it <laughs> that's one of those things. Like some of these songs almost write themselves. Like you can just, I mean, it's almost like having a band is like uh an extrapolated audio form of like having a twitter account like oh exactly yeah, it's like what could be one small tweet you could just stretch into a song and then make a song about it yeah tweet could be a hook easy oh, yeah. <laughs> especially with uh you know especially with punk music you know oh it's, yeah it's not like it's ridiculously involved to write a punk song you know uh yeah. some of them can be it's it's kind of crazy how tough some punk songs are to play actually but, oh yeah but you know it's it's the way it goes so like uh where do you think you guys draw most of your inspiration from writing like Astro Bastard songs or like who does most of the writing or how does all that kind of shake down? So our whole thing is we never wanted to like box ourselves into a genre. I mean, obviously we're, we're very punk rock inspired and that's kind of like where we get a lot of it from. But I mean, this past weekend we just wrote like a rockabilly song that we'll be playing at the Humboldt's show. I mean, <laughs> that's it's awesome. very fifties sound and very uh, bluesy. So, so we're excited to premiere that one. That is sweet. But uh, but we we all kind of write some different stuff, so we're we're all pretty um, open minded about our music taste. At least the lineup that we've got now, and we're all experienced enough in our music to write for the band. So uh, one song that you hear could be written by me, and the next one's going to be Carson, and the next one's going to be Dr- Joe. So it's it's pretty it's pretty freeing to have that kind of. Uh, open discussion about what you're doing yeah man i bet because uh i mean every band has a little bit of a different uh setup as to how the songs come about or who writes what etc cetera, etc cetera. and it just kind of depends on on the band and the people in the band and, and the creative juices that get to flow through the you know the artists that are in the band or whatever but like like betty is mostly john doing like yeah almost all the legwork and you know he, mm-hmm. he writes almost all the songs he writes most of the riffs and it's just it's just the way that i mean he does like all the soloing and stuff too. yeah and i let him do it because it's you know it's his baby and it's not that it, and it's not that he doesn't want anyone else to write stuff it's just the way yeah. it, it's just the way Definitely. it is you know yeah i'll normally take most of the lyrics but for for most of the music and stuff that's that's pretty open to everybody yeah 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 so i uh you always like have you always been writing lyrics or is it just something that uh you just started in the astro bastards or is it yeah i don't know since i've been little i've been really into literature and poetry a lot i read a lot of tolkien and his work is always like filled with poetry a lot of lord of the rings they've just got intermittent poems all the time yeah so uh i don't know i've always been into stuff like that so so i've just been writing since i was little and this uh this stuff that we're working on now uh, this last EP that we did was very historical, I guess. I mean, there's a punk song about like the the crimes of Christopher Columbus, syphilis, and then there's <laughs> one about like the sexual es- exploits of uh, Rasputin and Mad Monk. So, so I don't know. They're simple and they're stupid, but but I like writing them. Yeah, I mean, uh, the topic matter is not necessarily something you would hear on a no. on a daily basis, no. or maybe even from a punk band. Mm-hmm. Not that punk bands aren't deep, but you know. No, yeah, but it's just it's a little out there. Yeah, it's almost like Iron Maiden topics, you know? Like, yeah, like geez, they write songs about like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and stuff, you know? Yeah, like, but all of our. Uh, albums or our different pursuits are probably going to be pretty varied i mean we've already got our next two albums kind of laid out we've got a uh, the one that's coming up soon hopefully is dirty sauce and dirty sauce is all about blood and semen that's what we say dirty <laughs> sauce is gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that oh, one's man. all about uh kind of nostalgia and uh kind of the big choices you make in life whether it's violent or sexual or Ah, or, that, that's or, actually pretty deep. Uh, yeah. When, when, you, you lost me at the beginning, and then you brought me all the way back, though, because I actually, you know, like, I feel like, not that that's the struggle of man, but it almost is the struggle of man. Is uh, Are you going to be violent? Are you going to be deviant? Are you going yeah, to make these the, choices? The struggles to power or whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know, so... That's actually pretty deep, man. I, I dig it. Yeah, thanks, thanks. And then the next one's going to be called Nice Bike, and Nice Bike is just about anything that we can think of it's going to be off the wall bonkers goofy because as a group whenever we're driving by somebody on the street we'll roll down the window and just scream nice bike at them regardless of whether or not they have a bike (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) oh that's super cool i love those kind of inside jokes too like when i was growing up somebody uh my sister had this joke where she would every time she came up next to a jeep she would yell at them and tell them to slow down 
Like even if it was like at a stoplight, they're going really slow. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just like pull up next to them, like slow down, Jeep, and then just turn right, go away. Like, that's hilarious. And I, that's that's like that kind of stuff. I freaking love it, man. Yeah. So, and then it comes to life and music, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, what like how do you do you ever like write this stuff down sometimes when it comes to you, or is it just stuff that you just kind of like daydream and then it just comes out when you're playing music, or like how does it all? Most of the stuff that I actually write down gets scrapped. I mean, I almost use nothing that I write. I'll think of something to be like, that's a great idea, write it down, and then I try to implement it, and I'm like, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, man. Most of the time we just play, and then, then it comes. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, let me ask you this. You got any tattoos? I do have some tattoos. I've got Calvin and Hobbes on my arm. That's awesome. Absolutely love Calvin and Hobbes. I got Bone on my shoulder. Uh, he's also a cartoon from when I was little. Oh, cool. And then I got a, like... Uh, kind of a nerdy sigil it's um from the silmarillion also by tolkien yep so that's on my other shoulder and then i got a homemade one at, on my knee uh that's uh a band logo for frank Iro and the celebration there he's one of my favorite writers and then i've actually got my homemade tattoo kit here so if you want one oh yeah hook me up no i'm, <laughs> I'm good i'm actually i got nothing i was i was just wondering though because you like write the lyrics and you scrap most of them later i mean because either you don't like them or they don't fit and then i was like well how about tattoos then do you ever like get a tattoo and you're like man i should have scrapped this one i have everyone tell me that the, i'm gonna regret the cartoons <laughs> they they're like the, the the cool like medieval sigil that's cool i like that but you're gonna regret those cartoons but i don't know i've liked Calvin and Hobbes since I was a baby, so... Yeah, dude, Calvin probably, and Hobbes is awesome. Probably keep liking them for the rest of my life. I recall when I was growing up, there was a barber shop in my hometown that had Calvin and Hobbes, like, comic books. In yeah. And so I'd, like, go in there and wait to get a haircut and always read Calvin and Hobbes. So That's it's, like, awesome. burned in my head from a young age. I yeah. just love that stuff. Like, what is it, uh, like, Spaceman Zip was his, like, yeah. alter ego? Yeah, Spaceman Zip. And then, oh, yeah. you know, like, I remember him, like, making a bunch of little snowmen and a city and then, like, terrorizing Decapitating yeah, them like, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. And it's uh, it's almost dark, but it's not, you know? No, yeah. It's super funny. And I, I the reason I don't have any tattoos is just because I don't have, uh, I don't know. I just never chose anything and stuck with it. I've no, always had fair. some. I've always had some in mind, but I just never, never got yeah. around to it. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I I give tattoos to people all the time here at home, but uh, I always tell them like, look, I don't want to be the guy that you remember giving you that shitty tattoo that you regret when you're forty. Like, think this out. And yeah, no kidding. That's uh, I mean, I don't even know like. Like I said, I always like choose something to get tattooed, and I'm always like, "Well, just let it sit and simmer for a while, and then after a while, you either like forget or or you're just like, that was a bad idea, and I'm glad I didn't do it." Because I mean, I've always thought about like the dumbest stuff ever. I mean, like, and maybe it isn't that dumb, but like I've always had like some sort of an affinity to like Woodstock from Peanuts. Yeah. So, like I always thought it'd be funny to have a Woodstock tattoo. That'd be pretty cool. And then it's just like, is that a chick tattoo? And then it's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. 2019 nobody cares about that no. anymore so but it's just like one of those deals like should i get this thing and like where do you get it you get it on your butt or what do you do yeah <laughs> like, like, there's like no like super aggro place to get one do i want to be able to hide it at some point yeah. that's yeah. a question you gotta ask oh man and i mean i've i have seen some doozies of tattoos uh with like some coworkers and stuff but i mean like it's nothing that like long sleeves can't cover i mean exactly you can always be professional about it if you need to be as long as you're not like getting tattoos up the side of your face you know oh yeah and there's nothing against that either but it's it might be a little tougher to get a job based on that's my next one yeah let's do it <laughs> do it right now yeah i got the needles let's do you go. do you do uh <laughs> tattoo your own face <laughs> good god man that'd be i don't know even know if i'd watch that i can't tattoo myself i mean i've i've got the one on my knee that my buddy did at home but i i, I couldn't do it to myself yeah it's weird that's kind of weird though like uh why not is it like a self-mutilation thing or what's that yeah i don't know it's like when I'm hitting somebody else, I don't have to like think about, oh, this is going to hurt. But when I'm doing it to myself, I don't know. Oh, Your brain yeah. kind of tricks you. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah, totally makes sense. There's like no real way to get around it. It's kind of like tickling yourself. Yeah. Can't, you can't tickle yourself. I no. Don't, you know, it's like you also, you're like, you realize you're going to have to poke yourself. And exactly. Ugh, that'd be rough stuff, man. So uh, I feel like we covered quite a bit. I mean, we're we're getting pretty close to an hour, and that's usually what I shoot for. So, okay. I mean, we're doing pretty good. Sweet. Um, we talked about how the Astro Bastard started. We talked about some of your shows coming up, like some of your inspiration. You see? Uh, the places people can see you. How about your social media? You guys got, uh, I know you got Facebook. We got Facebook and Instagram, and Sweet. that's really where we're at mostly. 
we don't have a YouTube channel, but uh, the distribution center that we use uh, puts everything on YouTube for us. So it's like a fake YouTube channel for us. Oh, you cool. You can check it out on YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll try and find it. If not, just send me the yeah. link and I'll, I'll post I'll that bad something. boy too. Or at least subscribe to it because, you know, I'm all about that YouTube subscribes, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... Help people out. It's so crazy because, like, the YouTube channel I started for Audible Farm has 70 subscribers. Like where where did all those come from? Yeah, it's like almost yeah. more than my Instagram account that I created for it, which is wild. Like Instagram that is, is pretty popular, and I figured people would tag to it. But I also only post like you know uh, upcoming podcasts that are going to be out and stuff like that. So it's not yeah. like my Instagram is super busy. Um, most of the time, if I take pictures at shows, I just put them on Facebook. But okay, but you guys. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Facebook for your promotion company, correct? Yes, that's the only place the promotion company is currently, but we got a Facebook page for New Revolt Promotions. How about merch? You got any of those CDs left? We have tons of CDs left. We made a lot of those, so if anybody wants one, hit me up at a show or message me on Facebook. I can hook you up. You guys send them out? Have you ever done any of that? I have not done any of that. I might actually look into that. So, uh, I mean, there you go. Don't be, uh, don't be shy about hitting them up. He might send you one, so... yeah. Uh, what about t-shirts and such? We have had t-shirts in the past. Our last few t-shirts got stolen at one show, so... What? Yeah, I don't know. We like, left the mer- t- merch table unattended for a minute, and then the box was gone, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Someone's out there with some illegal Astro Bastards t-shirts. Uh, I'd uh, like those back. Dude, I'm, like, flabbergasted. Like, nobody steals any of your instruments or nothing they steal your t-shirts no yeah it was just at the merch table what is that that is like we (laughs) some of the most low rent stuff i've ever heard in my life i don't know what happened uh but yeah we don't have t-shirts anymore uh but uh we're looking at getting some more soon so oh sweet man near future yeah i gotta get me a astro bastard shirt so next time you got one make sure you hit me i'll take an x take an xl in case you know case i get to balloon up when my when i'm older and you guys are still famous i'll i know, got you I'll yeah that shirt maybe if i get a beer gut even though i don't drink beer you know like definitely <laughs> so yeah man um you got anything else that uh i mean no i mean uh just shout outs to some of our favorite people matt graves again does a great job on all of our art uh new revolt promotions go check that out we've also got rebel art alliance that we work with all the time supporting local artists local musicians they're amazing Morbo recorded the album for us. Uh, Steve Rat Ratcliffe putting on a lot of amazing shows at the Rock Shop. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That's that's a great shout out there. I love Thank it. Thank you. Uh, thanks for doing the podcast with me. We'll get this puppy up here in uh, not too long. And uh, thanks for doing that Humboldt show. That's gonna be it's gonna be super killer. No problem at all. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. I cannot wait. It's uh it's gonna be a hell of a show. So uh, yeah, we'll shake your hand here real quick. Thank oh, you yeah. very much for doing the podcast. No problem. And uh, Kobe Murray, everybody. Later. Hey guys, awesome podcast with Kobe Murray from the Astro Bastards. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I've got a lot of the Astro Bastards stuff down below. I mean, they're pretty much everywhere online. I shared some of their hot spots uh, down below. I also shared the New Revolt Promotions Facebook page down below as well. So make sure you check that out for uh, you know some show updates and everything else they got going on. Uh, the Astro Bastards Facebook page is where you can find most of their shows. You can also find some awesome pictures from that Lefty show for their EP release they did. Uh, they dressed up in those space suits. It was, it was hella cool. Uh, you know, there's some pictures of that on there. There's also some pictures on their Instagram account, and I've got a link to that down below too. So check them out. You can also check them out on Spotify as well as uh, YouTube and a handful of other places. Their music is pretty much everywhere. So go ahead and check those guys out. And uh, if you if you want to check them out live, we're going to be playing with them uh, in Three Finger Betty up in Humboldt at the Prowler on February 2nd. That show is going to be awesome. Uh, you know, just check the Astro Bastards Facebook page or the Three Finger Betty Facebook page for the shares for that. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. I'm going to have an awesome podcast ready for you next week as well. 2019 uh, is looking real good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll check you next time.